Hey Siri, is the ketogenic diet good for me? Okay, I found this on the web for is the ketogenic diet good for me? Check it out. Hey Siri, is the ketogenic diet bad for me? Okay, I found this on the web for is the ketogenic diet bad for me? Check it out. Take it with a grain of salt. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a Grain of Salt Nutrition Podcast with me, your host, Brandon Carabalosa. We are in week two, our second episode, and as I mentioned before, we'll be putting out one episode every week. And today's episode, we're talking about the golden rules of health. That's right. While many of us are in different phases in our lives, it doesn't really matter. There are still some non-negotiables of healthy habits, things that will optimize your health no matter where you are. Maybe you're someone just starting off on a weight loss journey. Maybe you're someone who is just trying to enhance their everyday cooking habits. So before we get started in today's episode, I just want to talk a bit about my journey in health. Because it's really important to realize, again, we're all starting in different places. And as a registered dietitian, I've been through many different changes during my career, before my career, studying for my career, and then growing up. So I think it's important to understand where I came from, right? First of all, I've always struggled with weight. Part of it, I think, has to do with just early nutrition. Probably wasn't the greatest nutrition growing up. Not too wealthy in the Bronx, Hispanic. A lot of starches, carbs, rice, beans, right? You know, public school most of my life with a couple dollars in my pocket. What you're trying to get is whatever's going to fill you up. So for me, that usually meant something like, a 50 cent soda, bag of chips, you know, bacon, egg, and cheese in the morning before school, slice of pizza after school. This was all within reason of five, six, seven dollars. So you couple that, what I'm able to get before school and after school, and then you take into consideration what I'm eating for dinner, right? A typical Spanish household, so rice, beans, plantains, they were in every meal, right? Some fried chicken. And there's some good food, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of beans, which is a really good carbohydrate, a complex carb, a fibrous protein source. But portion control was something we were never told, right? It was just eat what you want to eat. In fact, eat more. In fact, if you didn't eat more, you were probably in trouble. You know, you don't ever want to show a little bit on your plate in front of your grandma. She would have beat my ass. Um, So she was always feeding me more and this was the norm, you know, wash it down with some iced tea or some soda, have a dessert afterwards. That was my upbringing and some people have a better opportunity, you know, starting off with lots of water, fruits and vegetables, fatty fish like salmon in their diet. And so it's just important for us to pay attention to these things because while I'm talking to you as an individual, I'm also talking to you as in everybody. And so while some of this may seem very basic, for others, this is just groundbreaking. This is an aha moment for them. While I'm continuing to go through my life, you know, I'm starting to get a hold on what's healthy, what's not healthy. You know, you're 13, 14, 15, 16, trying to look good now. You got to impress the girls. So dieting, don't really know what to do. I think carbs are bad. So I'm eating pound and a half of cold cuts, sliced cold cuts and 
all the burger meat I can find as long as there's no bun. You continue to grow up. Oh my God, soda's bad. So let's wash it down with diet soda. And this was pretty much the path for a while. In college, I mean, I put on my freshman 15, my first semester. And my dad told me, he was like, bro, you're looking kind of fat. I did what I can do. I went on a calorie restrictive diet. That's all I knew, right? If I ate less and I moved more, I would lose weight. And this worked. I went on the Moe's diet. For those of you that don't know what Moe's is, I would say it's something in between Chipotle and Taco Bell. So I would have a burrito with some queso blanco on it, some nachos, and that was pretty much it for the day. Go play basketball, work out, and I lost like 30 pounds. Now, I didn't get my blood work checked before and after, and I'm pretty sure my fats were through the roof. I don't think my sugar levels were doing too great. Um, but I achieved the goal that I set forth, but then I started to fall in love with nutrition and decide to make it my career. And it's funny because while I was making it my career, my health still wasn't necessarily the focal point. The focal point was passing school, getting good grades, It's actually very complicated and it's hard to get into these programs. So, you know, you need to get a three point something, 4.0 GPA. So that's where most of my focus was at. So there would be late night snacking while I'm studying, eating just whatever was convenient for me, you know, trying as I'm learning what's going on in my health. Um, but it's not always that easy. I realized once I graduated, I still had some of these bad habits. And while now maybe 70% of my diet was better, I think I developed some sort of, I don't want to say eating disorder, but there were these binge patterns, right? I would eat well all week or all day and then it was sort of decision fatigue when no one was there watching when no one was around that's when i would kind of pig out and i spoke to a bunch of dietitians who kind of had a similar path and not that that makes us special or unique because i'm sure we've all felt some sort of way with food but this was my path and it took me a while to break that habit and i'm happy to say now that you know i'm mostly making good decisions but even still I mean, food is more than just the math and the science and the good habits. It's more than weight loss. I still will have my pizza and my burgers and my fries and whatever it is. There's just, there's could be room for it. Um, I know what is healthy and what's not. I make informed decisions and I stray away from any of those bad habits at night. So I'm a lot more comfortable where I am today. And now I feel comfortable helping others on that healthy journey. Now, with this being mostly a nutrition-focused podcast, again, we would talk about lifestyle and fitness. Some of these golden rules will include some of those other things, but let's start with the nutrition part of it. So these golden rules are really just the non-negotiables. And again, I don't mean that in a bad way, as if this is only what you should do. But these are the things that no matter what else you're doing, you should focus on these. They're going to increase your quality of life. So what's rule number one? Well, when we break down the body, what are we mostly made of? Water, right? Most of us aren't drinking enough water, especially if you're active. Do you sweat? Are you exercising? Do you play outside sports? Is it hot outside? Water can help us in so many ways. Hydration is key for hunger and appetite. It's key for sleep, hormonal activity, muscle mass, fat loss. So, when you think about the number one rule, think about what are we mostly, and we're mostly water. So think about what you're consuming right now, maybe add a cup or two. Typically speaking, you'll hear a lot of the times half your body weight in water 
or half your body weight in water plus 20 ounces if you're being active. I'm a fan of the three liter kind of rule. Try to get to three liters of water. That's about 100 ounces or so. Um, and think about what your sources are. This coffee count, this tea count. Well, if it's caffeinated, it can kind of dehydrate you. So I tend to stay along the lines of water, mineral water, maybe some seltzer in the day, and some herbal tea. Number two, fruits and vegetables. All right, so the serving size, how much, how much fruit, how much vegetables, is there such thing as too much? Well, we can break this down a bit because it can be a little bit, you know, not so clear sometimes. No matter what, we should be aiming for about five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And this is kind of minimally. Vegetables, right, should be mostly out of those five servings. So at least three from vegetables and the other two from fruits. But we do want to hone in that this is sort of like a minimum. We can do more. So when you think about a healthy plate and your meals that you're eating throughout the day, is half your plate vegetables? If the answer is yes, then you're definitely approaching that three, four, five, six marker without even looking at fruits. Very, very healthy. Um, but depending on where you are, you may be overeating. Diabetic, there is a limit to how much fruit he or she can have in a serving or in a day. Now, they're very, very healthy for you, but they can be calorically dense and full of sugar, natural sugar and combined with a bunch of other things like phytochemicals, vitamins, minerals, fibrous products. But overall, too much of almost anything can be a bad thing. Vegetables, we can kind of break that down into two categories. We have our starchy vegetables, some that I mentioned, like the peas and the corn and the potatoes growing up in a Spanish household. And then we have sort of those non-starchy vegetables or those less starchy vegetables, leafy greens, peppers, onions, tomatoes, right? Even some broccoli, cauliflower. They're mostly water and fiber. So you're not really getting a lot of excess calories or excess carbohydrates, which eventually breaks down into sugar. So when you look at the big picture of fruits and vegetables, here are a couple rules to live by. Have at least five servings a day, right? And a serving of fruit may be something like a handheld serving size. So an apple about the size of your fist. Banana, it's actually half of a banana as a serving, believe it or not. So when you throw four bananas in your smoothie, you may be overeating sugar or fruit for the day. Cup of berries, cup of melons. You want to be careful with your fruit juices and you want to be careful with your dried fruit, right? So that's about a quarter cup, but they're very concentrated sources of sugar. So some of the benefits we get from the fruits is the skin and the fibrous products. So we want to make sure that we're eating those whole fruits. Vegetables, I would definitely pay attention to all the root and starchy vegetables we're eating in a day. And those can be a good part of our meal, right? So that can be the, the carbohydrate part of your plate, right? A potato. I think eating a potato might be better than eating just some plain old pasta. It's less processed. It's natural. It grew in the earth, right? It must be good for us to some degree. But if you can hone in on those other vegetables, right? Those non-starchy vegetables, getting your leafy greens, getting your broccoli and your cauliflower and your asparagus, you can get a lot of bang for your your buck because you can eat a lot doesn't have a lot of calories really really good for you and sort of the last rule for fruits and vegetables is taste the rainbow right all those colors mean something so if you're getting peppers get red yellow green i don't know if there's purple but if there's purple get it carrot same thing all the colors in the world those colors are coming from something we call phytochemicals and they work in so many wonderful ways to do things like decrease the risk of cancer 
decrease inflammation, increase your antioxidants in your diet. So definitely taste the rainbow when it comes to your fruits and your vegetables. The next thing I want to touch upon is complex carbs. So as I mentioned, some of your plate is going to be somewhat starchy, right? Your bread, your rice, your pasta, your peas, your corn, your potatoes, uh, any of your grains. These are all going to be your carbohydrates. But the key is portion control and choice. So you want to choose your whole grains. Things like brown rice, farro, couscous, quinoa, oatmeal, whole wheat bread, right? And you also want to make sure we're not overeating them, regardless if they were brown rice or white rice. We shouldn't really be having more than about a cup at a time. Again, these are sort of some general recommendations, and this may change for a specific population. Maybe the performance athlete who's trying to bulk up, he may need more than a cup at a time. But the general population right now, which is who we're talking to in this episode of the podcast, um, can really just manage with about a serving. But you do want to choose those complex carbs because they're so much more fibrous. There's things attached to them like fiber and fat and protein, and it slows down the digestion of the carb, and it has benefits from decreasing heart disease and decreasing cholesterol in your body, but also decreasing that spike in that blood sugar, which, which we'll learn on this podcast can lead to things like inflammation and weight gain and even diabetes depending on where you are so definitely choose those complex carbs and keep them in a portion controlled amount the next part are healthy fats man fats have been through the ups and the downs right i mean they've had a bad rap everything was low fat back in the day now everything is good fat full fat what do i do well let's put it this way We can narrow it down to some healthy fats and some maybe not so healthy fats. So when it comes to the fats you want to choose in your diet, we're looking for most of these unsaturated fats, right? You ever heard of your omega-3s coming from things like fish oil? Everybody's on a fish oil pill. Well, you can get that from your fish just a couple times a week. Now, a fish oil can actually be very beneficial too. And again, depending on your population, a supplement may be great for you. But in general, your healthy fats come from things like nuts and seeds, right? Chia seeds, walnuts, almonds, flax seeds, things like fatty fish like tuna and salmon, mackerel, rainbow trout, really just jacked those omega-3s that have so many health benefits, again, including decreasing inflammation, cognitive function. Our brain actually needs this. This is one of the essential nutrients that we don't get in our lives normally. We actually have to get it in our diet so that we don't die. So these are really, really good fats. Um, olive oil, avocados. Again, demographics may change or dictate whether we should be having so much tuna or so much salmon. Maybe if you're a breastfeeding mom or you're a pregnant mom, you may have certain limitations here. Uh, but again, the general public, you know, consume your fish. Now, if you have the option, if you have the 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 money or you know the availability to get a wild caught organic or to get something you know, that's just a little bit more clean, then definitely do so, right? These all make a big difference in our diet. But for me, someone who's eating a complex carb like a bean or some quinoa with some salmon and some avocado and some asparagus, that's so good compared to what maybe the alternative is, right? A pork chop with some rice and beans and some fried plantains. Now don't get me wrong, I have to go back to my roots and I will eat that on a semi-regular basis, but I know that there's some 
negative health implications and I try to offset it with exercise and mostly eating healthy. Now, the next thing we want to talk about is protein. Everybody's favorite. If you're in the gym, right, people are just basically walking around with tubs of protein. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I mean, generally speaking, we can probably get most of what we need from our diet, but that's not always the case. But let's think about good sources of protein, right? So lean sources of protein includes things like eggs, chicken, turkey, um, other healthy sources of protein are things coming from like fish, right? Tuna. There's also some good plant sources of protein. So tofu, edamame, soy products. So I've said a couple of things here that might raise some alarms, right? So let's see eggs, right? Oh my God, I have high cholesterol. Dr. Oz said it was good or this person said it was bad. The general verdict on eggs is that it's a really good source of protein, including the yolk. If you're trying to watch calories, then maybe you will use a couple of eggs with the yolk and a couple just the egg whites, but it's a really lean source of protein and cholesterol really doesn't raise cholesterol. What raises cholesterol are some of the unhealthy fats, the saturated fats or overconsumption of carbohydrates. So I'd say unless you have some heart disease where you would want to maybe talk to a registered dietitian first, keep eggs in your diet. Chicken and turkey, really lean sources of protein. Um, and then fish, right? Fatty fish, good source of fat, good source of protein, good source of those omega-3 fatty acids. Plant sources of protein, another red flag, right? Soy, oh my God, I'm going to get breast cancer or I'm going to grow boobs because I'm a man and I can't have soy. No, right? If anything, it's protective in both cases. Remember, take it with a grain of salt. There's a lot of information out there and what we want to look for is the most relevant, the most researched, um, and up-to-date information on these things. So the verdict is out on soy, pretty good for you as well, right? Plant sources of protein versus animal sources of protein. They both should fit in our diet, right? Plant sources of protein are really good. Legumes, beans, lentils, soy products, as I mentioned before, edamame and tofu, uh, nuts and seeds, you get some in chickpeas and hummus. These are really, really good sources of protein. And I think a varied diet and a healthy diet includes those. But if you're choosing lean meats and you're eating it in good portions, animal sources of protein can be very healthy as well and can be advantageous in some cases like a whey protein or post-workout having animal sources of protein that are very highly bioavailable and can help with muscle recovery or muscle growth. So when it comes to animal sources of protein that have some controversy besides the eggs, we kind of get into dairy and red meat. I would like to say that based on all my knowledge, the one thing I can say is maybe limit it, right? So there's some new articles coming out that red meat doesn't affect you um, and dairy doesn't affect you. But again, a lot of bias in research. I would say let's stick to what we really know and be cautious of what we're still questioning. So limit your red meat. This is the one where I would really choose quality, you know, free range, organic, that kind of stuff, grass fed. I would also focus in on not just quality, but quantity. Again, one time a week at most. And then dairy, it's one of those foods that triggers a lot of people to have IBS-like symptoms, right? Diarrhea, constipation, urgency. So if you feel that way, which is a lot of people, believe it or not, um, then maybe avoid it. That's your body kind of telling you, I don't do well with this. If you don't feel that way, just like everything else, moderation. Let's keep dairy sources to maybe 
two per day. Whole fat, full fat, non-fat. I think you can make that choice in your own. Just don't let substitutes fool you. So if something's non-fat but they're adding sugar, that's not great. But if you're having 10 full-fat dairy products a day, I may make the case that that's not great. So let's pay attention to where we're getting our lean protein and our protein sources from. Fiber has come in and out of this conversation already, but it's so underrated, right? The typical American diet has not even half of what we should be having in a day. And fiber does so much for us for digesting, for bacteria in our stomach that has so much to do with everything healthy going on in our body, right? Fiber is what we call a prebiotic. Probiotics are the bacteria, the gut bacteria that lives in here are things that we eat like yogurt or kimchi or kombucha or maybe you're taking a pill. And so we want to have good prebiotics for the probiotics to feed off of. It gives our fiber, it gives our probiotics an environment to thrive in. If we don't have that, then they're not necessarily doing as well. And again, fiber is really good for managing cholesterol. It's good for whether you're constipated or you're having urgency, we can manipulate your fiber content. So fibers products include things like fruits and vegetables, legumes, lentils, seeds and nuts, um, whole grains like your oats and your quinoa. So definitely make sure you're getting those complex carbs and those fibers products in your day. So we're going to kind of get away from the what types of foods now and talk a bit about energy balance. I think this is important, right? So I can't sit here and saying being very underweight is healthy or being very overweight is healthy. Now, some people may be a few pounds in either direction, north or south of that, and still be a very healthy individual. But we want to make sure we're somewhere within an ideal body weight for ourselves. And again, muscle mass and your blood work does play a role in determining what your overall health status is. But generally speaking, we want to be within a comfortable weight range for our body. So energy balance is really what are we eating versus what are we burning? Now, everybody's needs can be very specific, and there's different ways to get to this equation. Apps are pretty good at this, right? My Fitness Pal, Lose It, Calorie King. Um, there's a, so many out there, ample amount of array that you can kind of find whichever fits you know, your comfort level with the app. But overall, if we're not going to use an app, then something we can really pay attention to is just how has our weight been lately? Have we been gaining weight? Have we been losing weight? Or has our weight stayed relatively the same? Then we want to look at that too. Are you at a comfortable weight? Are you near your ideal body weight? Then stay the same. Cut a little bit, right? It can be having one less serving of carbohydrate or replacing that second portion of rice with a second portion of leafy greens. That can be enough to make a difference to start you going down the right path. We don't necessarily need most of the, all these scientific equations sometimes. It's just a little plain detective. And then finally, maybe you need to gain some weight and you've been relatively stuck. Uh, then we can add some calorie-dense foods, right? Get some good fats and get some good carbohydrates in your diet. And we can get you to that level of weight gain. Now, some people are going to deal with this a little bit differently. Um, there's issues like thyroid issues and your metabolism may be a little slower or faster. And again, if you're struggling, seek the help of a nutritionist or a registered dietitian, and they can be a little bit more scientific here with you. But overall, we just want to look at our energy balance, find out where our weight is, where should it be, and make some small adjustments in the beginning. Now, with energy balance comes something I touched before that's very important. Exercise, 
right? We are animals. We're not supposed to be so sedentary. So play 60, right, for the kids. 60 minutes a day, five days a week. Now, I'm a fan of 60 minutes a day, seven days a week. And in fact, I'm a fan of as many minutes a day, as many days a week as possible. Move. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. It can be playing sports. It can be going on a walk. Maybe your goal is like muscle growth. Then yes, lifting weights will play an important role. Or fat loss, in which lifting weights will also play an important role. Big on lifting weights. Um, But overall, we just want to be active. It can help us sleep better. It helps with constipation. So if you've been feeling kind of backed up, have you been very very sanitary lately? That could play a role. So pay attention to your movement patterns. Think about how much you are moving, how much you move at work, for work, during the day. You know, maybe you have a very active construction site job and you're constantly moving around and that's really good. So maybe some other goals play a a more importance in your day. But maybe you want to weight train because you're just on your feet and you're moving, but you're not necessarily using your muscles. Overall, exercise is critical in maintaining a healthy life. Now, the next one is very, very, very underrated. Sleep. Now, some of us are koala bears and require a lot more sleep than others. And some of us feel very rested on four hours, right? Just like an extended nap. Overall, I can say that the needs range somewhere probably between six and nine hours with the average person should get around seven. Again, that can vary from person to person, but I would say under six is pushing it no matter who you are. Sleep allows our body to recover, right? Hormone regulation. We need good sleep so that our body isn't stressed out. Everything kind of comes down to stress and inflammation, which will be a nice segue into the last kind of golden rule. But when we're not getting enough sleep, our body is stressed out and it's going to make it very hard for us to recover or for us to grow in a healthy manner. And that leads us to stress, right? Now, stress is a difficult one, right? Because there's external pressures that cause stress. It's maybe not just the inflammation because you have a cold or you know, something happened to you, you got a bruise, that's technically a stress. Sometimes you have an argument with friends and family or work is really tough. Now, hopefully we can make some adjustments in our lives where we can decrease that stress, right? That outside stressor that sometimes we don't have total control of. But there are some other things you can do. Again, sleep, (laughs) that can definitely help. Exercise, that definitely helps. But Be creative. Do things that you enjoy that takes your mind off of external stressors. So for me, that happens to be the gym, but that also happens to be creating a podcast. That happens to be meditating a bit in the morning, right? Or during a long day, just stopping for two minutes and taking a couple deep breaths. You'll be surprised how much better you feel pretty quickly. Stress is super, super, super important. And I can't stress enough that point. However, some things we won't be able to control completely and some things we can get a better grasp of. It just takes some time and some practice. So again, yoga, meditation, walks, hanging out with friends and family, sometimes being social and eating and drinking, right? These things can also help. 
Now, again, there's a limit to how good or bad that could be, but if it helps you de-stress to a degree, then maybe it is more beneficial to have that glass of alcohol in a social setting than to not have it. So we want to look at that overall. And finally, I wanted to just really mention things that we were going to change in a positive manner, but you know, we kind of touched upon those foods. We want to avoid fried foods, bad foods, anything that has a label. We'll get into more of that in future episodes, but put it this way, the healthiest foods don't have a claim on them. Fruits, vegetables, meats, right? I don't need to see a label to know that this is heart healthy. It doesn't have to make that claim. It's doing it on its own. So when you're in a supermarket or you're making a food choice, think about your complex carbs. Think about your vegetables and your good fruits and your lean sources of protein and your healthy essential fats. And avoid some of that packaged stuff, those fried foods, those fast foods that we just know maybe taste good, but probably too good for a reason. Be careful out there. Not everybody's going to have your back. And this is an industry that's you know, really based on profit. So pay attention to where you're getting your advice from, even when it comes to healthy food labels. So that's going to do it for today, guys. I hope this was very educational. Next week, we're going to try to see if this will be our first episode where we have a guest. It may be the following episode, but that should be more fun, a little more informal and conversational. Should be great. Um, again, we'll have guests that range from fitness professionals, doctors, anybody in the medical field, clients, people who are just around nutrition, which is pretty much anybody or everybody. So we should have some fun guests on here um, and that will kind of change the climate of this a bit, but it will all be tied back to some sort of fitness or nutrition related topic. So thank you again for listening to the second episode of a grain of salt nutrition podcast with your host, me. Brandon Carabellosa. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Again, this is right now out, going to be on all major platforms, um, on Spotify and Anchor for now, but making its way to Apple and other platforms as well. So again, thank you so much. And until next time, guys.